Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Village You Don't See. This week we're chatting with Leo Oppen. Leo is the founder of Black Apple. Black Apple is the first cidery in Arkansas. I have to say that word because I've never, you know, uh, cider in Arkansas producing amazing hat cider. Black Apple prides themselves on their clean and closely sourced ingredient label and definitely their flavor. Welcome, Leo, and thanks for blessing us with your time. Well, thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. So, Leo, I was excited to talk to you, you know, being here in Northwest Arkansas, definitely have experienced your products firsthand. I actually have the peach in my refrigerator right now. But um, when I look at your background, you went to school for sports management, and you actually ended up working in sales roles with teams like Razorbacks and Naturals. So why sports management? Can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, I was one of those uh, people that when I went to the college, or went to college at the University of Arkansas, uh, man, I was just, I was in it for the experience. And I, yeah. uh, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I ended up changing, I think, majors like five or six times. I jumped everywhere from leaving the house as the uh as the computer guy yeah for my family and you know which which at that point was like how to reboot your dial-up internet and <laughs> uh and how to make it to where windows 95 was working and you could yeah. update your cookies you. and what was it the defragmenter yeah the uh, defragment hard drive yeah and all my all my family at the time was like man you were the computer nerd of the family you should go to school computers and uh i'll never forget my first computer science course that i thought to myself this is not for me um <laughs> and and so it jumped from that and i and i started to find that uh i i got a knack for business and that the yeah. uh just that the sales and marketing side uh really appealed to me and started jumping from hospitality management to general yeah. business and uh, and I eventually just landed at a, what I considered a passion project. I've been very fortunate that all the uh, work that I've done up to this point have been jobs that I'm, uh, or just industries that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and sports was was one of those things that you learn when you go through things that you're passionate about is they don't always pay great. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, Money, money wasn't necessarily uh, the motivating factor to me. Like yeah. just, uh, just enjoying what I was doing was something that uh, uh, was motivating. But then, obviously, uh, with the sales background too, yeah. uh, money was part of it. Yeah. You know, um, and so that that's what got me to eventually land uh, with a sports management degree mm. from University of Arkansas, no, and just start jumping into that sports world it was just something i was passionate about i was excited about and i did that for a number of years uh before i did kind of a u-turn uh when it came to career changes awesome so man so sports management definitely i see the sales side big names like razorbacks naturals then you continue to you know progress in your career but so when was this time when is this time that you said so i'm guessing that this uh, cidery you already messing around with at home. Well, how did Black Apple come about? Man, so about the time 
So, you know, I did sports management. I guess that was up to like 2008, nine. And then I came back to Northwest Arkansas. Man, like I'm just deep diving here, but I think it was about 2012, 2013. Yeah. And um, at that time, there's still, you know, other than the two that you mentioned, there wasn't a lot of like, jobs that were available for somebody with a sports background so yeah. i ended up just going back to school to uh get my master's uh, okay. in sport management um and during that program i got approached um by a group uh it was a group of investors that were starting a craft beer distributor in the state of arkansas okay and and the only reason they even had my name is because to the point you were making, we were already a friend of mine, Trey Holt and myself, were had this hobby of we liked English beers and ciders. That was yeah. our favorite style of drink. And we were uh, homebrewing is what we were doing. And we started with the kit and yeah. then we slowly started to build off of that. And uh I guess from uh, our friends and colleagues and people wanting to have our stuff at a corporate events and their weddings and gatherings, Whoa. word just got out that, you know, these that guys, fashion. yeah, these guys, uh, these guys kind of have a, have a cool thing going. Yeah. So for us, it was just a, it was just a way to hang out past the time like we, we just <laughs> yeah. enjoyed doing it yeah. you know it wasn't yeah. anything i was considering as a business so uh when i got approached by this group they want they uh they were starting a distributor they called arkansas craft distributor which was important back then because the state of arkansas up to that point did not have a lot of diversity when it came to craft beer and craft yeah. beverages like yeah. most most of what you saw in the market was the Anheuser-Busch, Bush, Miller yeah. Coors portfolio of the world. Your yeah. craft beer choices were Sam Adams. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, I think true. I think New Belgium had a pretty solid uh, hold for a little bit, so you can find like Fat Tire and uh, yes, maybe Boulevard yes. Wheat. Um, but outside of that, there really wasn't there wasn't a local scene for sure. There wasn't just any sort of other craft beer, and so. Uh, this group had this great idea of what if we had a distributor that focused mainly on craft beer and uh, and even recruited some of the more widely known craft beers from out of state to come to the state of Arkansas to show that this is a good good spot. And so yeah. uh, that was a big decision for me because I had to decide, okay, am I going to just I, at the time, and this may not have been the best way to look at it, but at the time I was thinking... <laughs> Is this, uh, am I giving up on my sports career? Is this something yeah, I'm giving up yeah. on? And, and what I really should have thought about is, am I starting a new journey? Um, yes. And, yes. you know, reflecting on that, I uh, I see it that way now. But at the time, you know, I was gra- just grappling with the fact of, okay, if I, if I stop this, am I quitting? And so I had this long talk with my, uh, you know, my friend Trey Holt, who yeah. he and I were doing this as a hobby for a lot of years now. 
Uh, at this point, we have a whole system built in his garage oh that my connects to a back room that we turned into a bar at his house. This is how <laughs> oh, far yeah. we've come with our hobby. I know. And, that was an expensive hobby right there. <laughs> it was crazy. I, we, uh, and so, but at this point, the business side of it was a running joke for a really long time where we're like, yeah. oh, what if we just give up our jobs and our careers we just do this full time and it was always just something we laughed about yeah but then it's been lingering in the back of my mind long enough that i decided that i'm going to uh i'm going to give the alcohol industry a try that really is what pushed me to change career paths because i decided you know what if i help start this craft beer distributor and i decide that i just hate the industry that i don't like it that I'm, this isn't something I want to do. Well, then clearly I'm not going to open up my own business yeah, in that industry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so I made that jump and uh, it was, it was such a valuable experience because the investors, the owners of this group had yeah. no experience within the Man. alcohol industry. Yeah. They had zero. And Whoa. they took a guy who had a sports sales background and just, uh, and with some homebrewing experience, and I had to jump in and learn the logistics, sales, the yeah. marketing, the compliance, mm -hmm. like working with the yeah. state alcohol beverage yeah. Yeah. Uh, control board. Like, I mean, just uh, all of it. And, and, and that's, I, I had to get into bookkeeping for the first time yeah. ever. I never had to jump into, you know, QuickBooks and do things like this, just managing numbers and databases and yeah. like, it just, it, it took just sales to a whole other level, but it was so valuable because I got to learn through trial and error, um, you know, what, a lot of what it's like to run your own business. And, yeah. and I loved it. I, no. I oh, fell my in goodness. love with it. Yeah. We were, I felt like we were incredibly successful with it. Um, and so I think that's where we decided to take the next step uh, well, what if we did make this into a business? What would be the next step? And and then that that running joke became like, well, what if? Like, what if, what if we look into this? What if we look into a facility? What if we start researching yeah. equipment? Like, it just it it, it evolved, and uh, yeah, yeah, a lot a lot of a lot occurred between that point to where we are now. But uh, Man, amazing. I'm, that's I'm, that's kind of the that's kind of the path on my end of yeah. how we got there. No, it's it's amazing knowing that first and foremost you go through this process. I mean, you could have continued in sports management, probably end up maybe managing some baseball players and that and learning, but now you go through an entrepreneurial journey that you learn so much that you would have not learned even if you continued on this journey of sports management. I mean, you said it yourself, compliance, sales, you know, distribution, working with retail now, right? So uh, just a, an, an amazing, um, I'm glad you guys took it because I'm, you know, I'm benefiting from those flavors and, you know, my, <laughs> it's helping spike, spike my uh, Saturday game day and Sunday game day, so, you know, so I'm excited. So as an entrepreneur, right, you had a, the, I love seeing people that had the eight to fives. Well, still sometimes not eight to five, then go to this entrepreneurial uh, stage. So how, what is your typical day like for, you know, if there's someone out there saying, I want to be an entrepreneur, they know that 
you know, you can't just turn the lights off at eight o'clock sometimes. You have to be there till 10. So what's your typical day like? Man, I, I think it's even more fun to think about what my typical day was like when we started this versus yeah. what my typical day is like now because it's evolved tremendously. And actually, yeah. it's funny that you talked about it because like all of us, when we started this venture, uh, you know, we bought our facility, uh, which is off of uh, Emma Street, which yeah. is the downtown Springdale yeah. in Arkansas. Yeah. Um, we bought that facility back in 2014. It's an 8,000 square foot facility. And we took uh, a full year for me and my partner, Trey Holt. Yeah. And then we had a, a third, we have a third partner uh, named John Hanley who also helped. Um, and we, we all had our full-time jobs and then we would spend nights and weekends doing construction on oh that building goodness. and meeting over budgets and meeting over like, how we're going to roll this and launch this business. And so we were putting in, you know, 70 to 80 hour, you know, work weeks, yeah. easy, oh. just burning the midnight oil. Oh. Like, I mean, uh, but you know, what's funny is, and I can't speak for Trey and John, but for me again, <laughs> it was this, uh, <laughs> this, this was, this was something that I already experienced, you know, yeah. uh, because yeah. in, in sports, and in most passion jobs, like you spend a lot of hours, especially in the sales side of things, yeah, because you yeah. you get out of it what you put, put into in. it. Yeah. So like I was having a relaxed work week if I did a 60 hour work week yeah. uh, when yeah. I was in sports and uh, you would work constant events, nights and weekends. And during the day, you get up first thing to start hitting up these companies about sponsorships and you know season tickets or wh whatever it was you were doing on that side of things and even even when I was working with the distributor with Arkansas Craft uh it was the same thing yeah like you were you were just crushing it during the day because that's when most people are doing their operations but then yeah alcohol yeah. sales are at night and weekends so if you <laughs> yeah. wanted to get in front of the people you had to work those and so I was already used to the long hours and so we're some of the people listening to this might think, man, that's, that's a lot of hours. Like yeah, I complain yeah. about 40 hours a week. Like, you know, for, for me, it wasn't like that yeah. was, that was normal for me. And, and also it helped because that was your passion too, right? You felt like absolutely this was fun. I'm doing something I enjoy, you know, it's just like a baseball player going to bat when, you know, team practice is over saying, man, I'm putting another hour, 30 minutes. And that's what distinguishes sometimes the people that get better and the people that don't, because some of them just do it because, okay, I was good at baseball and I can play and I made it, or I was good. And they're the player that said, Hey, I wanted to always get better, but they, they have so much passion about what they're doing. They spend that extra time. So very similar to the entrepreneurial man. That's so, so now it's, you actually brought up something. So you guys started the three of you. I mean, I looked on your site, you guys have six employees now, right? And tremendous Ooh. growth, or maybe more. Well, well so there, <laughs> it's it's actually more than that. Okay. Um, so we, our website shows our, um, and actually doesn't show all of them yet. We're updating it, but it shows our full-time directors. Directors. Okay. And okay. they each have a team. Okay. Um. So. Wow. So basically, our full team, um, that includes all our part-time. Uh, and event staff and our directors, uh, we have a, 
over 40 employees for uh, for Black Apple. Uh, and, and guys, this is how you create employment. So if you're listening, they Black Apple employs 40 people. I mean, when you talk about small businesses that push the economy in every state that pushes the national economy, this is how it's done. So shout out to you guys for doing that. Appreciate that. So going through that now, 40 employees, we went to the last two years have been crazy, right? Small business, you're growing. Alcohol sales are through the roof in COVID because we're all hibernated and frustrated and drinking, right? <laughs> <laughs> how did you guys, as a small company, how do you guys go through that? So when we talk about the village, you don't see. The reason I started this is that when you think about people, there are people behind the people we see. We see you, but we don't see the people that support you, the team, how you guys rally together. We just say, oh, Leo, Leo's partners, Black Apple, right? But so let's talk about that. How have you guys been and how has your village been coming together just to make sure the business continues to strive? Man, um, the COVID-19 pandemic was, I mean, like, it doesn't matter how many times you hear people talk about it or, yeah. you know, just even think about it. Like, it was just awful kind of across the board. We, yeah. uh, if anything, we were fortunate that we were in an industry that wasn't as heavily affected as yeah. as a lot of our other uh entrepreneurial uh, friends and and what they went through uh, yeah. so the so black apple um i think one of the things that helped us out a lot is that we have uh we have different tiers of uh black apple um so have a uh you know the the one that's most obvious to people is that we are a hard cider manufacturer yeah and so i have a i have a whole production team that produces everything that we do that's all they do they produce 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 and uh and then that feeds the other two tiers i have a uh i have a retail tier yeah that um has has for forever produced our uh our tap room which is in uh downtown springdale, springdale. on emma yeah. street um and actually we just this last week we've opened up uh a second retail location we call it the treehouse okay in benville arkansas okay uh, it's more that. of a okay. speakeasy concept kind yeah. of a fun experience uh okay. but those two locations now obviously treehouse didn't exist uh when the pandemic first started yeah. uh but the retail took a big hit because yeah. the uh that tap room is very similar to like you see with a lot of other brewery and winery tap rooms yeah. um that that kind of coincide with like kind of that bar and restaurant. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's no, it's no secret to anybody that the bars and restaurants in the United States may have gotten hit harder than just about anybody else yep. when it came to the pandemic. Yes. Um, our retail was no different. Uh, and we were trying to be very, uh, you know, since we were going into an unknown with the pandemic, we tried to be very uh, careful with our employees and our consumers to the point yeah. that, uh, we just for a long time did nothing but curbside and we were also allowed because of some changing laws at the time to do a little bit of delivery, okay. um, which was helpful, but we still saw probably 70, 80% of 
of our uh, retail revenue go by the wayside yeah. because of because of the pandemic. So that hurt. Um, but then we do have a we do have a third tier that did kind of help us. Uh, we have a distribution tier. Yeah. Uh, something one thing that a lot of people may not know. Now you do because it's yeah. in your fridge. Yeah. Um, but other people may not know that uh, you know we are on for sale in. Uh, over a thousand different locations yeah. uh, between retailers. And then we're also on tap at bars and restaurants throughout yes. the state of Arkansas. And uh, as of March, we also launched in uh, Northeast, Northeast Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yes. Congrats yes. on that. Not congrats. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, and, and, you know, that, that saved us um, really helped keep us afloat because what happened in alcohol distribution, and this isn't just for us, but this is for any alcohol distributor, is that we have that splits off again where we have what we call on-premise, which yes. is uh, where you drink, yes, where you purchase it. Yes. So that would be like a bar or restaurant. So yeah. in the alcohol industry, we call that on-premise. Premise. Um, yes. Because what we just talked about with bars and restaurants, all of our on-premise basically went to nil. Like mm. on-premise was not mm. selling very very little i mean it, it it went dead uh off premise on the other hand uh skyrocketed uh across the industry which makes sense if you think about it because yeah. you mentioned it a little bit earlier where people were you know they were depressed they were unemployed yeah. they yeah. were you know they they couldn't go out and so naturally they went to their local grocery store or liquor retailer and they bought themselves some alcohol to bring home and so yeah uh, a lot of that those alcohol sales that you would traditionally see in a bar and restaurant setting shifted over to take home sales from retailers. And so yeah. that kept us afloat um, along with some of these uh, government programs like the PPP and yeah. uh, several other programs that eventually trickled down uh, to small businesses like, like us. Um, yeah. But I, it was it was still super difficult and I think 2020 was such a shock when it came to the pandemic that we were just in survival mode yes which I think small small business entrepreneurs are already in that mindset yeah they they're already like wired to adapt to anything and to be able to pivot that's a fun word that we, yeah we hear I'm, a lot in entrepreneurs <laughs> right? yes like, yes, yes. Pivot in anything and so a pandemic was nothing more than just a large fire that all of us entrepreneurs had to be ready to put out yes. um and so but i think and i can't speak for other businesses but for us we're actually feeling the effects of the pandemic a year later in 2021 than we were during 2020 because in 2020 you got this just we're all experiencing it we're all trying yeah, to survive yeah. it and now 2021 when you're trying to experience this sense of normalcy and like trying to get back to the way things were well things aren't quite back to the things way That's things true. were and now all those losses that you experienced in 2020 you're having to play catch up here in 2021 and have to figure out how to balance that out and uh so it's it's been a, it's been an interesting journey um and the way we overcome it is uh i always told my group my team and my uh partners that we are not 
we we do happen to make great hard cider, but we are uh, we consider ourselves an innovation company yes. where yeah. like we are constantly coming up with creative and innovative ideas that keep us ahead of the curve that help us to pivot and to adapt to uh, market changes. Um, and I, and I, just keeping on top of that and surviving in uh, kind of our own organized chaos, yeah. if you will, yes. um, I think it's been, I, I think it's what's been helping us survive uh, this never ending pandemic. I know, right? Well, hopefully soon we can Eventually. get back to some some normalcy, you know, like a B negative normalcy, you know, that will work our way to A plus. So you hit on a lot of good things that you talked about, just navigating the pandemic, you know, understanding that entrepreneurs are, I, I, I feel like they're basketball players, always staying on their tools, ready to cut to the basket, right? And if that changes, they come outside and shoot a three, you know, just pivoting in different yes. ways. Um, but so now you talked about something I and you said you guys are innovation group. And I was like, and I'm telling you, it's I go to the aisle and I know I'll probably if I go come to the come to Springdale, I will get more flavors. But I go to the aisle, I'm just like, what are these guys doing next? You know, and I always like it like in the fall, your pumpkin comes out, peaches out, then you have uh then I think there's pumpkin, then there's another fall flavor, the apple is always there but there's a cider like a um there's another fall flavor i, I just it just blanked me but i feel like you guys are always creating new and unique flavors and also i told you about when i don't want to feel guilty in the week of drinking ciders i drink the lower calorie like the seltzer like a cider seltzer of zero sugar you know all natural still feel the freshness right of i'm still drinking a cider so how who do you talk to how do you guys generate these ideas do you just sit in a room um who is this village of of people that come together and you know how does that go about you don't you don't have to tell me your secret sauce but what does that look like it is it is uh it's funny to use the term village because it does take a whole village and uh we are constantly researching we're benchmarking but some of our best stuff comes from just us going to our like local you know co-op farmers market yeah, yeah. Uh, you know just wherever I, I one of my favorite times early on that we started playing around with uh craig got us a uh, a spice wheel you've seen one of these that like yeah have it's 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 like almost looks like the big wheel from wheel yeah, of fortune but it has like every every triangle in the wheel has a different spice in it <laughs> and we just kind of sat around a table and kind of spun and we're like tasting these and we're like man how do you get these flavor profiles and what would be something unique that hasn't been done before or even something that's been done before that we can manipulate a little bit yeah. uh to put a black apple spin on it because i yeah. think the thing that that you see when we produce something at black apple is uh our number one thing flavor wise is we always aim for balance yeah. um very rarely uh, do we put out something that is an extreme to any point? It's all, it, it doesn't matter if it's something that's a higher ABV, yeah. if it's something that has a strong flavor, if it's something that may be on the drier side or maybe on the sweeter side, uh, they all have an element of balance, balance. to it. Yes. Um, yes. And 
what you pointed out, uh, we we also have a uh, a system that we kind of we don't always abide by, but for the most part, we use our retail establishments as kind of a uh, a testing ground. That's okay. where we have multiple taps, and so we're able to do some like really fun and weird flavors uh, that we're just kind of testing out to see what our market thinks. Uh, and that's how a lot of these different ciders that you're seeing in the cans came to be, uh, wow. is that when you when you put something out in a package like that, you're investing a lot yes. in that particular yes. flavor and style. Um, and so it's really, really risky to throw out a flavor that you've never made or never tested and throw it out into the market, uh, which is why a lot of the stuff that you've mentioned uh, that you've had canned, uh, the listeners that don't know about it, they're probably like, you know, this is, these are flavors we know. These are flavors that we're comfortable with. These are flavors yeah. that are yeah. nostalgic and I would reach for it. And that's all on purpose. We yeah. want to make sure that the initial cans or package that we put out into people's homes that they like and they enjoy are something that they would come back and Eventually, maybe it doesn't have to be something simple like a, uh, you know, a tart cherry or a uh, honey or a hibiscus or something yes, like yeah. that that we're known for. Maybe it's a, a weird flavor that people are willing to step out and try, try. because they yeah. already trust the brand that is Black Apple yes. from all these flavors that they were comfortable with. Yeah. And that's, that's an approach we took even by going with uh, generic naming. Yes. Because uh, when we first started, we went really cute with the names. Um, I think, uh, you know, one, one of them, our flagship is our hibiscus cider. Uh, it is 40% of our sales yeah. is the year-round hibiscus cider. It just, it, it crushes it. And uh, I, th I think it's because it's one of our most approachable, uh, our most refreshing, easygoing ciders but when we launched this uh in the tap room we called it the uh cardinal kiss yes uh, that was what it was i would that's what i get it in the tap room so when you go to different restaurants locally they say i'll say uh hibiscus and i was like we don't have other my old cardinal kiss because i still think that's what they call it in most uh on-premise places right you know, that's the, that's the hardest thing when it comes to uh, <laughs> making name changes is for that communication. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little slow. But yeah, to your point, locally, there are places that still uh, deal with kind of the older name. I mean, yeah. we, that's a, I that's love the Cardinal about, kiss. Who doesn't want to kiss on Cardinal? <laughs> well, you know, we, we, uh, we did to that point, though, we, we, we did a little homage where if you look at the can, um, yeah. there are the two Cardinals on it. We don't call it the Cardinal Kiss anymore. It's it's the hibiscus now. Yeah, but yeah. but that design element was a shout out to those who remember it as the Cardinal Kiss. And you know, when we when we launched this and it started getting out to like the Californias and the Montanas and the Maines of the world that are super far away from Arkansas, those cardinals won't mean a thing. But for our, <laughs> our local and regional market, people are going to be like, I know why those cardinals are on there. That yeah, used yeah. to be called the cardinal kiss. Um, yeah. So it was, it, it's a cool way to kind of add that uh, story element to it. Yes, yes. And man, 
one of the things that I'll say is not only the name Black Apple, man, but your packaging pops on the shelf. Simple, but colorful. Like, like just the right, not too much on it, but the right amount of, I will say, t uh, text, right? The way the text is just the, the branding. Very simple, very effective. Especially when I look at the seasonal flavors, right? I'm like, man, who does? How do you guys come up? How do you come up with a design? Was that something that you, you, you outsourced and kind of went through different renderings? How did it come out to say, okay, this is what we want on our cans? Because it's different when you're doing on-premise, right? Nobody sees the cans. You just have the tap, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. We, we, uh, that was something that we learned trial by fire when we yeah. first opened is that, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to designing graphic design, coming up with logos and designs and images, it's no joke. You know, yeah. that's uh, that's something that, uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people, they'll play around on PicMonkey or Microsoft Paint. And they're like, man, I'm pretty yeah. good at this. Yeah. And, uh, and then they try to use that out in the real world and they get, they get just eaten alive. You yeah. know, uh, I feel I feel like we had a little trial and error with that, too, uh, when we but we knew when we were launching with package that we needed to uh we needed to bring in professionals for that because it was the thing it's beyond just the design you know to to the point you made it's it's about the layout it's like yeah how's the consumer going to see this like yeah. what do you want to stand out how is this going to be positioned what's the rest of the market doing all of those benchmarks and all of that uh kind of went into how we decided uh, we were going to do the can, but also, um, you know, we did a, uh, we had to do a brand identity, you know, yeah. where like we had to like kind of do an inner reflection before we did the cans on like, who are we? What, yeah. what is Black Apple? What is our why? And, you know, as we were going through a lot of that, we started just kind of looking on how we did things. And uh, we are very, uh, I would, I wouldn't go as far as to say traditional, but like, uh, kind of that rustic classic yeah. easy going i mean our logo is black and white you yeah. know our uh, our building is an old georgia's chicken hatchery that we you know <laughs> <Yeah>. converted <laughs> a cidery by basically just tearing stuff off the walls to reveal the brick and the wood but, it's yeah. just you know it's a minimalist approach yeah. and uh you know so like our our brand and our can design kind of came from that to your point that yeah. it was purposely to be simple not just because that's who we are but also um at the time we were releasing cans uh this was not just a local thing but local regionally nationally uh craft beer because there wasn't a lot of there's not a lot of especially then there wasn't a lot of cider we're still the only uh hard cider manufacturer in the state of arkansas yeah. um so they, a lot of people, when they did comparisons to benchmarks, they did it to craft beer. And, and if you looked at a lot of craft beer, at least at that time, uh, the designs were overwhelming. It was, uh, you would look at a can and it was just the most beautiful, ornate, super detailed design. You're like, wow, that's a beautiful can. But you'd have no idea what it was. Yeah. Like, who makes this? Like, what <laughs> what flavor is this is yes. this a beer yeah. you had no idea it's just like oh but it's like a beautiful mural yeah. on a can and so we decided you know 
along with it being our brand, that that simplistic can approach was going to pop in a background of just overwhelming art Colors. on yes. a shelf. Yes. And and I think that proved proved to be the case. And that that's always going to evolve as uh, you know as the years go on and the craft yeah. just beverage industry grows. Um, but that was our our thought and our approach when we launched these cans. And uh, we have slowly, as we've went about with the cans, have been making tweaks to them. Um, where I think now, if you were to look at a hibiscus can when we launched it versus a hibiscus can now, um, the old one had kind of a silver, almost grayish watermark. Yes. And the new one, we, uh, we made it where we put a little splash of color in it. And so now you can boldly see those red cardinals oh, oh, on the yes, can. Yes, yes, And we felt like that still kept it simple, but it kind of helped make that can pop just ah, a little yes, bit more. Yes. And then we, we started changing those on the cans. And, and, you know, sometimes, especially during the pandemic, when you're running into uh, aluminum shortages yeah. and cardboard shortages and things like that, uh, sometimes we we may make a uh, mistake on our design and then we'll look back and be like we're going to want to tweak that next time yeah, we're going to want to yeah. change that we're going to want to add this to it and you know we just kind of trudge along and there may be some of these that we're going to change flavors we've done that in the past where it's yeah. like all right we did a full year of this under our belt and though everybody at black apple loved that flavor the sales showed the market did not agree. Really? So yeah. we're going to switch that to a, a new seasonal that did incredibly well in the tap room. We're going to give it a chance at the can. And that's kind of how that progresses uh, for, for Black Apple. No, that is awesome. I think just the flexibility of how you guys think and just using data also to make good decisions. So Black Apple, the success, COVID's disruption. So when we look at Leah and everybody looks at you and say, say this wonderful brand you've built, who does Leo go to? And you don't have to tell us the name of the person. Uh, who do you lean on on those hard times during COVID when you were making decisions on, man, this thing is getting more than a hobby. Do I really want to continue to do this? I, I Probably that's not a discussion because you probably love this thing. And I know that you do because I can see the excitement of just talking. But who do you talk to? Because things don't go well all the time for an entrepreneur, right? They pick me up times that you need. So who's that person? Man, uh, you know. All people. I've, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I, to your point, it, it, it is, that is also a village. Um, I, I find, especially since I became an entrepreneur, that though though i still take a considerable amount of risk that the larger that we grow the more that i realize that a decision that i make or that we as a as a managing group make uh, affects a lot more than just myself yes that i am constantly leaning on uh, my support group and i have a lot of people mm -hmm. that i lean on but i'll i'll, I'll give two yeah. Uh, a shout out. Um, one 
Uh, I'm super fortunate to work with uh, one of my best friends and the guy who helped me start all this, and Trey Holt. Yeah. Um, so he is the that other manager. Yeah. He is the other management partner with me, uh, yeah. and uh, we work really, really well together. Um, not only because you know I got the sales and the marketing and a lot of the business development. Uh, for the business, but he kind of balances that out because what I didn't mention is Trey uh, was a microbiologist for uh, Tyson and he did that for well over a decade. And uh, so he, he brings the, uh, he brings the science um, to this. (laughs) And he also has, uh, you know, uh, this is, this is a whole different topic within itself, uh, (laughs) but like he's also got that kind of engineering, that uh, analytical mind um, that I don't have. Um, I'm a people person and and I, I'm, I'm good at working with people and reading people. And he is good with numbers and data and can, our brains just work complement each other. Yeah. Yes. But they also like we found a way to make those two opposing skills work harmoniously. And I think that is the foundation of why our business started and is doing so well now. Um, So many, many times I will go to Trey, whether it's hard times or when things are going really well, and I'll always try to get his perspective because I know it's going to be considerably different than mine. But also if we agree on something, we may not agree on it for the same reason. reason. So it's it really helps me get a good, well-rounded uh, point of view and make a good decision. Um, and I, I so I think I'm really fortunate to have that because yeah. uh, Trey's, you know, Trey, he's just like me. He's put in the hours every day helping us you know manage this thing and so he's a he's a big support uh and then my my other one uh would have to be my wife uh misty uh shut up yeah yeah misty misty orpin she uh she's we actually met the year i that we opened the black apples in 2015 and uh she was she was the first executive director of the Downtown Springdale Alliance, and oh. uh, and so I uh, I guess I was one of uh, one of her constituents, so, one of her yeah, you know, yes, businesses you under her purview. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, and so we got to work a lot on you know downtown events, yeah. and programming, and uh, yeah, and then uh, we we got we got married, but she's I mean. She wasn't here for day one. She was yeah. here for year one and has yeah. been with the sense. And she has been instrumental in helping us. Um, and she also, much like Trey, has uh, just, she just thinks differently. She's yeah. got that. She's great with numbers. She's very, uh, you know, uses logic, um, you know, where sometimes, you know, I uh, I may be a little more uh, emotional because, again, yeah. I, I I, I, you know, people person, yeah, people, have a, yeah. people deal with that. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I am wrong super fortunate yeah. to have that at home and at, that at work to lean on when it comes to making decisions to be able to process things like yeah. the pandemic or yeah. even just major successes and how we build up. 
Man, that's awesome, man. That's, you know, every time we, I mean, people see you and, you know, we we don't see the people behind you. And it's always awesome to just have that conversation. And new entrepreneurs, I think people have to understand that you need to build a support group system as an entrepreneur to, to grow, right? And, Absolutely. you know, and I think one of our guests also said is like, also, you need people to provide feedback and not all the time do you take that feedback from those people that you lean on, but there's something in it that you can find within every reason and say, whoa, okay, I don't agree with everything, but I do agree with this part, right? And it's different from my thought process, right? And also be yes, able to pivot if it doesn't work out, you know, so that's the other piece. And, and you right. know, in, in, in our experience, that feedback is actually the hardest piece because it is, it is I, for us, it is so difficult to get the feedback. And, yes. and what I mean by that is uh, any, anytime you approach somebody and ask them for feedback on something, uh, or in, in our case, it's <laughs> I, maybe, maybe our customer base and our employees and everybody that deals with Black Apple are just very kind people because yeah. a lot of times they're not. Yeah. They're not very forthcoming with that feedback. And so you'll you'll go to a customer during a tasting and be like, well, what do you think? They're like, oh, this is great. This yeah. is great. But they won't buy it. But then they yeah. won't buy it. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, there's, there's something <laughs> with your definition of great and my definition of great that don't align. Because if yeah, I thought it's something like, was great, I'm buying it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Give me a four-pack, okay? Give me four of the four. You know, that's, I love that, you know? Yes. Well, you know, and the employees make a little more sense to me because yeah. I realize the longer I do this, that there is... Uh, you're you may be hesitant when you're talking to your employer and giving feedback especially yeah. if it's something that might be seen as critical or constructive but that's the yeah. stuff that you want as an yes, entrepreneur yes. you want to you want to know like if you're surrounded by yes people then uh Sounds you're not really going to grow yes. as an organization yeah. you're going to be yeah. blind to what's really happening out in the market and your business. And so that that is something that we're continuously improving on, whether that's awesome. digitally, that's, that's... whether that's through ambassadors, through yeah. anybody, is how do we get more constructive feedback so we continuously improve? Man, that's awesome. And you know what? I Shout out to you guys that you're actually wanting that feedback, you know. Uh, some some entrepreneurs end, end up in their own isolation of, you know, we got it right, you know, but just trying to get that feedback and continuously improve definitely can be seen in you guys' success. So um, as we wrap up, uh, Leah, I just wanted to say, first of all, let me let the people that listen know. So Black Apple, Northwest Arkansas, in on-premise, you can find it in retail, Walmart and every local grocery store actually let me not just shout out walmart you can find in fresh market walmart and i think harps too right i think i've seen it in harps um, i think it would be easier for us to tell you where you can't find it yes um, yes i mean we're in almost Everything. every major yes. retailer that sells alcohol every independent retailer that sells alcohol i mean there's you probably even find us in a lot of gas stations, stations little yep. places you don't even think about i mean it's it's all over the place. And we even have a cool tool on our website. If you go to blackappleheartsider.com and yes. there is a find us and it will actually have a little pin 
for every location that we are located in Arkansas and Northeast Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And we try to get that thing updated once a week or so as best as we can, because we're constantly adding places. Yes, and the best cider, honestly, that I've tasted. And I know Cardinal is my favorite or hibiscus. You know, as a as the original OG of Cardinal, I'm still keeping <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> no, I but, love I, it. <laughs> but uh you cannot find a fa flavor that you I mean, they have a bunch of blueberry, you know, lime, they have tart cherry. I mean, guys, and they have spice, they have pumpkin spice and everything for the summer, right? And you can actually order online, right, Leo? If you know, if you're in a state that accepts alcohol delivery, right? So that's you we do have an online ordering system however it's for anything but cider only because the state of arkansas has some restrictions they're one of uh believe seven states that does not allow manufacturers to ship out alcohol from the state of arkansas we do hope that changes arkansas soon. change your ways Come i know on. i know i know I, hey that's for the next podcast okay? yeah that's for the next <laughs> podcast hey put it on the ballot we'll vote for it. we need to let out we need to give all our entrepreneurs wings we can't be cooking yes. wings here so everybody gotta fly arkansas come on it's 2021 Let's go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Leo, thank you so much, man, for blessing us and coming through. I appreciate you. Um, uh, and just thank you. Thank you to the team. And uh, thank you to our listeners that, you know, that have continued to listen to the podcast and say they want to talk. You know, they want to listen to more. So and people like Leo that come in local entrepreneurs and actually they're not local anymore man you got a website we're all digital everybody's where but entrepreneurs that are from northwest arkansas and i hope if you're an entrepreneur out there looking for inspiration i hope this helps you and um if you're in town northwest arkansas check out uh black apple springdale if not if you don't have time to go down there go to a retail store and get you a full pack thank you leo we appreciate this man thank you so much for having me this was fun Hey, have a good day. Have a blessed day, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of The Village You Don't See. Have a good day. <laughs>